Hello and welcome. This is episode three of the Field Test Podcast. My name's Jack. I'm joined this evening by Tom Chandler. Hello. There's no question this evening. This evening's show was a bit of a rushed plan, so you're just stuck with the two of us. Sorry about that. How's your day been, Tom? Uh, yeah, really good. Had some uh, sunshine the past couple of days, which makes all the difference in our line of work. Um, been down on, uh, in Bizo Valley dismantling a pine tree, so quite sappy. Um, how about you? It's been good. Your day sounds like it was quite hard. My weekend was quite hard, so I spent this afternoon fishing and not catching anything <laughs> and making camp coffee and cooking camp food and just generally breathing fresh air, being outside and goofing around. Uh, it's been great. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I've got a good feeling about this summer and this season. It's like, well, hopefully with a few more fish. We're once again sat in the studio overlooking Falmouth Harbour. This evening's show is going to be a bit shorter than the shows we've recorded before. We're going to try and be a bit more focused on the subject matter and be a bit more disciplined and paced. Tom, what's this evening's show going to be about? Knives. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so this evening we're going to chat about knives. We're not uh, knife makers. We're not knife experts. But between the two of us, we, you know, we know how to handle a knife reasonably safely uh, i cut myself earlier but that was not my fault <laughs> <laughs> if anything it was the knife's fault but less of that so we're gonna yeah, just do a quick run through of our our current knives that we've got between us what we like about them what we use them for and you know just uh, how we get on with them in front of us we've got six knives plus one ghost yeah so we've basically got a collection of fixed knives barring one the first knife which is the smallest knife so we're gonna we're gonna discuss them in order of overall Size. length yeah overall length yeah yeah first knife is the se zula 2 this knife i've had for about four years i'd say and i bought it originally for my southwest coastal path walks and i took the scales off it and I carried it as a neck knife and I wore it the entire time and it was I didn't use it a huge amount but it was really good to just have with me for those occasions where it was needed since that I mean it's it basically stayed in a box whilst I wasn't you know out doing the walks a kind of a luxury item knives especially if you're traveling ultra light yeah, exactly. You, like, there's a lot you could get away just with, you know, a razor blade or a Stanley blade. Yeah, but like, you know, it's 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 nice to have the occasional bit of luxury. Yeah. Since doing those walks, I've put the scales back on and I've started carrying it, which is mainly um, down to uh, Murph and discussing things with him. And it got me thinking I should really like carry that knife and use it like, you know, daily. So I did, and I wear it horizontal carry now on my belt, and it's with it's on the pair of trousers that I wear when I'm not wearing my chainsaw trousers. I had my first experience with bad knife care with an SE Isula 2. It's my first, well, I would call it my first grown-up knife that wasn't a, like a, a pen knife or a pocket knife, and I used it. We live in quite a salty environment. A lot of our outdoor activities revolve around the sea, and uh, I used the Isula 2 put it back in its sheath, threw it in a drawer, and then the next time I needed to use it, took it out, and all the powder-coated finish on it had uh, the, it corroded underneath the powder coat and lifted all that up. And it took a lot of work to bring the blade back to 
uh, usable state, but learn a valuable lesson. Keep your knives clean and oiled. Yeah, I second that. Th- this knife um, is is kind of a small knife, but I feel that that's not a disadvantage. I mean, obviously, all of this depends on what you're doing with them. For a everyday carry, I think this is a really, really good sized knife. They're pretty um, tough little yeah. knives, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you can you can take on some fairly um, heavy tasks with it without any... I mean, apart from, like, smashing the crap out of it with another, like, stick or piece of wood, which it can do, but it's not really big enough to split bigger bits of wood. But, yeah, it's quite pointy, so it's it's quite nice for um, piercing into stuff. It's a good knife. And the difference between the Azula 2 and the original Azula is that the length of the handle, the, um, the Azula was was i think more like three fingers whereas this is four depending on your hand size but yeah i mean in summary i is it this is probably my favorite knife it's great nice my current and i'm gonna slightly stretch the definition of this term my current everyday carry knife and i would say i definitely don't carry this knife every day but it's when on days when i need a knife this is the knife i take with me so this is a couple of times a week probably is a new knife to me, and from a brand I don't really have any experience with especially, uh, it's Tops, and it's their Scandi Trekker. I think I read that uh, some of the Tops knives are manufactured by Rowan, which is the same company that makes some of the SE knives. So I haven't been at all disappointed by the quality of the product, product or the workmanship. It's a lovely little knife. It's a bit bigger than the Izula 2 but it's got some good jimping. For my, I've got smallish hands, I'd say, small or medium, glove size, and I find the handle, handle size and finish, I think it's got canvas Makata, like the Azula, or like a lot of the SE knives. Extremely comfortable. It's a nice balanced knife. It's tough enough to do uh, some medium bushcraft duty while still small enough not to weigh too much or to sort of drag your trousers down uh, if you've got it wearing it on your belt. It's quite a good sort of small to middle-sized bushcraft knife, I'd say. I haven't had any uh, issues with the the Scandi grind. For the type of work that I've had used it for, um, there's been no trouble there. Mainly today I've been using it to cut fishing line, mono and braid, and it's razor sharp, so that's been great. Yeah, this knife's got a really narrow handle. It's quite a skinny handle, but I find it really pleasing in the hand if you've not held one of these knives it's kind of hard to describe but it just seems to like it's just really nice to hold unlike like, the it's it's uh it's uh, 1095 steel like the se but it's not got a coating on it so it's sort of more i guess it might be a, like a blasted coating above the grind hmm. or like a, sorry a blasted finish then a polish on the grind but so far so good it's been out in in i washed it in salt water but wash fish bits off from the baits we were using not from the fish we were catching sadly today then rinsed in warm water and oiled it when i got home and i've done this a few times over the last couple of months and there's no sign of any corrosion or pitting i have stained it slightly from my probably misuse but staining's fine Mm. adds character yeah another feature that you've already mentioned um just sort of like compare it against the azula 2 um, is the jimping on the uh, the trekker is much more 
uh, coarse and like chunky, but it's 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 way more effective. Like my, I've got um, my hands are a little. I've put a little bit of oil on 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 mine, and my hands are a little bit oily right now, and the the um, jimping on this trekker is is biting in nicely and it's it's gripping. Whereas with the Azula, it's barely like offering. It's got very little grip in comparison. What's the well? The handle length on the the tops is it's sort of it's still a small knife, but the handle mm. length is substantially longer than on the Azula. Yeah. Um, so you do get you are able to get more purchase on it. Yeah. Um, tell me about the the folder, Tom. This folder is a Spyderco Tenacious. Uh, I got this from my uh, friend Lewis. I bought it off him. Uh, it's a great little uh, pocket knife. I carry it in my work bag, uh, and it's um, it's got a lovely thumb hole, so it, you can flick the blade out really easily, and you can uh, take the lock off um, to put it away again. I think that's called maybe a body lock or a side lock. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah. got a couple of names. It's a really easy knife to work, and I th- I find it very useful for all sorts of things. Mainly cutting ropes and things I or like cord. I generally cut with this knife. It's good to have uh, sort of the the most useful knife is the knife that's in the place where you want it to be when you need it to be there. Correct. And this knife is quite flat, so in the pocket it's not that noticeable or bulky either. So it's a great little like pocket knife, I guess. Mm. I'd like to at this juncture take a moment to pour one out for the ghost of my old pocket knife. I had a a James brand chapter um, pocket folder and that really was an everyday carry. It had a great pocket clip, lived in my pocket every day. Um, Nice, it had I think D2 steel blade and titanium scales. Uh, Just a very, uh, like a really lovely bit of kit to have and use on you every day. And I use it for everything. Open letters with it, uh, like cut rough edges of nails off with it, point it at people menacingly if they displeased me with it it was a nice bit of engineering it was lovely yeah yeah um and i think um it was it was it it was true to jack and what i mean by that was it suited his lifestyle well and it was a good reflection of um you know what he's about it was a nice little refined and also true to me i think i lost it because i left it on a bar somewhere yeah. That's how I think it met its demise. Yeah. And it's it was eye-wateringly expensive and I'm not likely to replace it anytime soon. So if we just have a moment of silence <laughs> for knives lost. I'm just, we've all got them. Um yeah. so thanks. Yeah. Got to remember the the lost knives. Yeah. Next up, Tom, what back, we got? Back to um current knives. Uh the next knife is the SE3 which I've had for maybe a month. I bought this knife off Jack. I was going to ask you who the handsome former owner was. Well, it was you. Um, <laughs> so this is, I think this is the next knife up from the Azula 2 in the SE uh, range. It's pretty, well, it's quite a bit bigger. The handle has quite flat edges, it's quite like boxy, I guess. You kind could, of tactical. Yeah, I mean that it's a survival knife, but the handle 
isn't like in you know you don't pick it up and think oh that's that's really ergonomic and that fits your hand really well but the fact that it is quite flat is actually really handy you can get a really good grip on it and you could really pry or it's like got, yeah massive with it. yeah because it's such a like a wide tang you can yeah. use it as a massive yes yeah, like prying lever it's so locked in to your hand and that's obviously going to be a big advantage but for extended use that i don't know maybe you know if you were doing a, a shitload of work with it you, that might become a little bit uncomfortable i don't know and that flatter profile as well, like for as a survival knife, you can pack it easily. Yeah, it doesn't take up sure. takes up very little yeah. uh, space in a pack. Yeah, definitely. It's quite a flat profile knife. But what what I'm doing is the Azula Two is for everyday stuff. I make little fire sticks most days for my house fire. I'll I'll make the fire and then I'll I'll make like a little feather stick with that. But this, if I'm going to go camping, like in the woods. Then I'll I'll leave the Azula two at home and I'll put the SE three horizontal carry on my belt, and then that's much more suitable for like a bit of batoning or rougher work, more heavy work. It's a great like I would I mean I suppose it's a mid sized knife. I wouldn't say it's a big knife. It's not like a Bowie knife. No, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, but it, that's it's what deep, that's one of the things I pro- proper sized knife. And it's also got a really nice... The jimping on this is noticeably more aggressive than the Azula 2. And it's also got a finger choil, which which gives you an option of a slightly more... Um, I guess you can you put your hand further up and just have a little bit more precision. The only thing I would say against this knife is it's got a really wide blade, and that's not so good for like carving. That would be more of a kind of craft type thing rather than survival so i guess they're not really that fussed about that earlier tom you said you'd been carving spoons yeah what have you been using to carve spoons with to do the spoons there's there's carving knives specifically like ben orford has a knife called the sloyd it's like it's a tiny little pointy blade and obviously with that really thin blade you can get really like tight turns but i'm using a mora companion the ubiquitous Mora knife. Yeah, which is about twelve pounds. I don't know what that is in dollars, um, but yeah, I know. I know the. In terms of bang for buck, like it's yeah. so difficult to yeah. beat. Yeah, it's um, it's just fucking brilliant, basically. I've never, but my only, I've never broken one. Um, I I've got a couple, so I, I don't know where they are. There, one's probably in the van. One's probably in the garage, but they don't have a full tang blade handle no. construction. So no. that'd be my only worry with them is trying to do something that it was not designed to do and yeah. it failing as a consequence. Yeah, so the Azula 2, the SE3, the Tops uh, Trekker and the Last Knife, which we'll mention in a minute, are all full tang. And I th- I really like that in a knife because it's just really, really strong and durable and uh, I think it looks cool as well, just being able to... That, the steel running throughout the... the and the they're knife. all well. They're all as well. All the other, aside from the Mora, all the other blades are made with a what a sort of a better uh, blade steel. Whether that's either harder or holds its edge better. But that said, like it's hard to it's hard to find a task that the twelve pound Mora knife isn't up to. Yeah, I mean, like it's sharp enough for most sh- things. I've I'm used. sure there's people out there who ha- have higher demands for a knife, but people who are living in more remote areas or like professionals or 
hunters you know for skinning and things like that and the uh, the grip on it's fantastic though as well like there's no like g10 but like removable uh, scales but it's just oh, what is it it's rubber well, like overmold on abs yeah. yeah exactly but it's great it's great i'm sure like as i said there's like more demanding things that people groups of people out there but i would say for like the amateur campers and you know people like us who aren't particularly serious about knives or things like that this mora will will do majority of jobs i would say and it's it obviously hasn't got the kind of prestige that like a home there's no it's no custom knife or anything exactly it's not a custom knife and it's it's not as sort of nice as one of those but uh for a tool it's it's fucking bargain. Yeah, well, if, if you break it or lose it or yeah. somehow let it get, somehow convince the steel to corrode, you just spend another 12 bucks, get another one. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're hard pressed to find better, better value for money. This would be the knife that I would tell somebody to buy if they were just getting into camping all day, every day, or whatever. Yeah, I you agree. Know, it's a really good entry level. I think yeah. I bought one as a. Christmas well, was part of a Christmas present for an old girlfriend once. Yeah, I, she didn't take it that well. I bought I bought Jamie one the other day, uh, the heavy duty one. Is that your girlfriend? Yeah, sweet, yeah. cool. Right, which kind of brings us on to uh, the final knife in our uh, collection in front of us, which is the Gerber Strongarm, which is an interesting knife. It's a knife I bought about two and a half years ago, and I bought it for the bargain price of around I think it was around about sixty or sixty five pounds. These now retail for upwards of 110, 115 pounds for the same thing. So I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, let me just tell you a bit about the knife. It's quite a well for compared to our other knives. It's our biggest. It's the biggest knife here. It's a sort of a survival style knife. Um, it's got a a skull crusher hard hardened tip at the bottom of the handle for opening coconuts or whatever you want to open skulls. And it's got a I think the steel is uh, 420 high carbon and it's got a glass filled nylon handle with um sort of a, a textured quite an aggressive textured rubber overmold and it's a hell of a knife it's i know that gerber doesn't have the best or certainly but they might have had a good reputation for a while and then it seems like their reputation went downhill but from sort of the grumblings that i've heard people have said things like this uh, strong arm might be a bit of a return to past form for gerber and i can understand why it gives you a lot of confidence in it it's yeah, it's got a good weight to it. It feels very secure in the hand. It's yeah, you know, it's a nice wide blade, and in, in terms of the edge thickness, it's a thick blade. Yeah, and it's for it's a it's a quite a big product. So it's got quite an elaborate sheath system. Well, we'll touch on uh, sheaths in a bit, um, but it's a bit big for your regular. You couldn't ever. You definitely in the UK couldn't carry this around no. a lot unless you had a real good reason to. The police would not be happy if you were carrying that. Absolutely not for survival skills for uh, like some heavier bush bushcraft um, bushwork. It's superb. You could do some serious battening with this thing. Yeah, that's a good all day. Splitting. It's a good and splitting knife. Yeah, you'd have no trouble with it at all. At all. Um, Tom, what are your thoughts on the knife? And you've used it a bunch because we we sort of pass it around if we're out camping. Everyone yeah, I mean, does some work with it. It's it, it's so like big and strong. It's uh, you can just use this and abuse it, and you just got every faith that it's going to just deal with whatever you throw at it. It's just an unexpectedly good product from Gerber. Yeah. 
Yeah, I th- I I like it. I mean, yeah, sure. Th- this knife isn't like for knife guys who know what they're talking about. They'll probably turn their nose up at this, but but I think that, I think knife guys don't turn their nose up at things that do things well at the yeah. right price. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the brand Gerber has some has yeah. to work on their reputation a bit. Yeah, but I would say I, I would urge people that are you know, don't know how they feel about Gerber as a brand. If they get a chance to have a look at one of these, just, you know, have a hold of it yeah. and see what you think. It's probably in some horrible Chinese blister pack, so you can't actually touch it. But it's it's quite an interesting blade from them. Yeah. It is it is cool. There's something about it. It's it's just like it's just it's quite sort of you know, it does what it looks like it should do. And, and a couple a couple of times I've tried to find alternatives to it like improvements on it either because it is a, it's a big big old knife um so i wanted something smaller which is why i've ended up with the uh the tops knife as well but i kept coming back to it it's a really difficult it's a difficult act to follow for as a sort of as a as a largish bushcraft knife i i think if you're in the if you're in the woods and you're looking to split wood by battening or baton whatever you want to say this knife is the one that i would choose every time because although the SE3 is the next more suitable it's still a little bit in comparison the blade is like it's probably about half as thick as this um, Gerber and it's still I think the uh, SE3 is I feel it's still like a little bit it's, it's sort of a it's a it's the not, SE3 is neither yeah everyday it, carry knife yeah, nor a full size bushcraft knife. Yeah, it's. I think that's telling with middle. that that forefinger chole. I think is telling. Yeah. Because to I think to hold the knife and to use the full potential of the knife, you need to have your forefinger on that chole. I'm sure you could do. I'm sure you could do a shitload of stuff, and I'm sure this SE3 would take a shitload of abuse. But the Gerber is just like asking to be whacked with something. And uh, like, the Gerber also the Gerber I do no care for. I don't oil it nothing just you yeah. know dig holes in dirt by the on seaside keys yeah um like l- lash down trees and l- yeah. like small limbs which this this knife i'm sure is gonna seem completely um pocket-sized in comparison to the m18 which yeah com- it's gonna be it's gonna look small in our hands i'm absolutely to desperate to get my hands on and i'm sure it's gonna be a fucking phenomenal tool. Um, but I think just I just want to say that I think that the the strong arm represents reasonable value for money at around about 115 pounds. I think yeah. for the 65 pounds that I paid for it new, it's an insanely capable knife. I think yeah. even now at its current price, it's not bad for the buck. Yeah, I suppose we could sort of say that the the Mora, which is a, a great uh, value for money knife uh, entry level and then if you uh, if you want to step up to a heavy duty version of that you could say that this Gerber would fit that bill quite nicely yeah I think so well, whether whether it's as it's definitely not I think if it was still £65 it would represent similar good value to money yeah, that the Mora does at the bottom end yeah. I think at £115 or whatever it is yeah. it's it's still a good buy for somebody but it doesn't still have that same crazy good value for money. Yeah, I agree. That's and whether that's well something said. to do with 
currency exchange rates now or there could be all sorts of factors that mean the price have gone up. I think partly Gerber have seen that it's got um, favorable feedback and reviews and they've taken advantage of that and upped the price slightly. But that's just speculation on my part. Well, given that we're trying to keep this show to a slightly shorter format this evening, we're going to wrap things up. We feel the best knife for value is the Mora Companion. 12 bucks. Can't go wrong. And our personal pick for everyday carry is the SE Zula 2. We agree on this. Although, honourable mention to our fallen comrade, the James Brand Chapter. That's the end of this week's show. We'll do another show at some point. We haven't been very good at sticking to a regular schedule thus far, but we're working on it. Who knows what grounds we'll cover? Who knows what subjects? We might even cover some of the ones that we said we would. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you all again soon. Go home. Bars closed. Get out of here. (laughs) Bye. Bye.